The opinions and views expressed on this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show or other programs on KUCI, please log on to KUCI.org for the latest program schedule. Listen to the music. It's a good thing to do. Counting down and out for the count at last. Three, two, one. And the rest is silence. Only kidding, dude! Let's rock! Underground music and talk since 1969. KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine. And now on Facebook and Twitter. You're listening to Real People of Orange County, and I'm your host, Kimberly Martin. This show is a fun and informative look inside the lives of Orange County's best and brightest. These are people who serve their community in a meaningful capacity on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah, no kidding. That was bad timing, huh? I'm still suffering from that ridiculous cold. I'm about ready to... Give, a lot of people are. Give in and take some antibiotics. The flu is still going around, believe it or not. Yeah, but I got my flu shot. I was a good girl. So what happened? I don't know. It just seems unfair when you try to do everything right. <laughs> and it, Well, I mean, that's life. Is it? Really? Yes, Listen exactly. to you giving advice, isn't it? You Usually prepare me? and you try to do things right, but, you know, circumstances just wash your dreams away. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have that experience entirely. Either that or I'm too... Uh... Too uh, too stupid to realize they're all washing away. Yeah, <laughs> you don't notice the tide is flowing outward. And yes, <laughs> well, no, I've been having a good time of it. Aside yeah. from just having my mojo, you know, be re- greatly reduced because of all of this. Your mojo? Oh, you mean your? Yeah, okay. That TMI, my... but okay. Let's. I don't mean that. Oh. Is that what mojo means now for the young people? <laughs> uh, maybe I watched too much meant, Austin Powers. I, I meant don't know. my. I meant my energy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just my general ge- general willingness to uh, be bouncy and run around and get stuff done. Now I feel pure again. Compromised. Yeah, no, I feel pure now. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel dirty. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever want you to feel dirty around me. And if if you do perceive me as us- using any sexual innuendo, well, then you've made a mistake. Because <laughs> I'm a bit of a lady, and I won't do that on the air. Oh, okay, that's good. I'm going to try not to anyway. Not like my former co-host. Probably not. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is ironic because she got me in radio. <laughs> that is ironic. Yes. What, what happened? How did the two of us become buddies? I'm not sure. You're. I wasn't there when you met e-zero so yeah oh my gosh that is hilarious okay so it's we're coming up on a year of me being on the air and i think i first of all i'm just gonna give myself a little teeny pat on the back i'm i'm blown away that i got my tail and hiney down here and organized a day a week and um and managed to get into the station for a live radio show yeah it's it's a thing that's hard to do sometimes well i mean it is for it is if you you know, have so many balls up in the air, I suppose. And most people do these days. So that, that, that live radio happens at all is, is a miracle. Yep. The clock it's, is going to start ticking and you have to be here no matter what. I mean, there's no leeway. And, and it's, it's, a, it's an important lesson in responsibility and everybody learns that here. So Right. Yeah. It is. It's good. It's really good. So um, so I'm happy that you're still here with me. It makes me, it makes me feel, feel good. 
And I'm happy that you're here to celebrate and, you know, mark what I think has been a really, a really fun and interesting year for us um, in radio. And I'm and I'm, we're we're revisiting both of our you know first guests. Yeah. yeah. So that to <laughs> me is is really is really special. I just got this bright idea while I was watching the Oscars. And I don't know about you, but I clear the decks. That's probably about the only time I sit down. You cleared. The, oh, oh, you sit mean, down to watch television for three or four full hours. Okay. And I tell people not to interrupt me or bug me. Oh, did and, you? Were you pleased by what you saw this time? Actually, yes. I, I, I really am not that terribly judgmental. I mean, I like all of the issues. I like a bit of controversy. I like a bit of drama. I love it when people fall. <laughs> I liked. I like all the elements. You know, I yeah. like to. I like to be right in there and 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 look at the entertainment that they provide. I usually get up and walk away and get a you know a drink or something when there's a song on. I don't know why I'm yeah. a little bored by that. I don't mind the dancing routines, but yeah, the songs. I think they shouldn't do songs on. I think that's just ridiculous. They when shouldn't shows perform that them. Yeah, they should award them, but not perform. Do them. a little shorty. Yeah. Just give us a little taste or a medley or Were something. Were you offended in air quotes by their irreverent and offbeat humor of Seth MacFarlane? No, I don't. And, and so I'm a little embarrassed to even admit this. Okay, but I didn't know who he was before the show and before all the Oscar buzz. You just thought it was Donnie Donnie Osmond. I that just stumbled don't on know stage anything or... about him, and I frankly loved him. <laughs> oh, he actually produces a Family Guy, and, and that's what yeah. somebody told me. And not knowing any of that just made you know him like a fresh new cute young you know little version of billy crystal i kind of thought yeah i mean it was was great it wasn't my favorite thing in the world but i mean some of his jokes were really good like the abraham lincoln joke about you know john wilkes oh that that was was, i actually thought that was not good i did not like that i liked his response but i didn't think he should make that joke Uh, that was hysterically funny (laughs) and people were booing him i'm like come on yeah, <laughs> that was the, that was the hardest I laughed all night, and people were booing. I'm like, <laughs> well, it was, it's, but that's why the Oscars are fun because they test some of those boundaries for us in a setting where everybody's dressed well, and so you know you can't get too angry when people are wearing suits. And I like the good gowns. old, um, you know, Abe Lincoln is dead jokes. I mean, those are oh, those, that's man. a root of my humor. I guess I, don't I guess know. it is okay. So let's go back in time. A year ago, my very first interview on Real People OC was with. Uh, a dear friend of mine, Fahim Fazli, <laughs> he just took a picture of me and Michael Moffat. And the two of them are with me today, um, going to step in on air, give us a little bit of an update. And then we have a little bit of our, our own Oscar buzz story that we get to share while we're on air. So let me welcome to the air, um, Lieutenant Colonel Michael Moffat. Michael, are you there? Hey, Kimberly and Heather, I sure am. I'm in New Hampshire, not Orange County. I'm surrounded by snow. Uh, but uh, I wish I was out there with you all. I wish you were too. I understand you're coming this way, and so you'll be able to thaw out. And in the studio with me is your your bestie and your partner is uh, Fahim Fazli. Hi, Fahim. Hi. How are you? Did you miss me? Of course. I miss you. <laughs> Come on. What a question is this? Well, so Fahim was my first interview, and with the launch of your book, Fahim Speaks, really here at KUCI, we were your first interview too. Yep. That was my first interview, and our interv- first interview. We had a little Michael, coming out party. The book came a month before, and was, you were the first one to interview us about our book. So I launched you. 
You did? In a way. You did? So, okay, we're going to get into some of the Oscar buzz stuff because that's exciting. Uh, For many of you that don't remember, Fahim is a warrior actor, and he's come from Afghanistan, made it all the way here to the United States, uh, developed an amazing career in Hollywood, and then back again to Afghanistan, which his book chronicles in um, a beautiful story. And so we're going to delve a little bit back into that, but then we'll get a little bit of the inside scoop on the Oscars. So I wanted to play a little catch up with my guests, uh, Michael and Fahim, and you guys tell me a little bit about your year. Uh, Michael, boss, you can go first, sir. Okay. Well, again, uh, Heather and uh, Kimberly, thank you for having us on again. Yes, our book came out last March, almost a year ago, and and we've done a, a bunch of radio interviews and and uh, had some wonderful reviews, and, and uh, you were the first, and yes, you launched this. And since then, uh, well, the biggest news, uh, in September, September 29th, uh, I went to Dayton, Ohio, with the Military Writers Society of America, the MWSA, because our book had been reviewed and nominated by a member of the MWSA for um, an award in the category of biography. And it was one of six finalist books uh that were uh, nominated and finalists for the uh, gold medal award. So I uh, got my uniform ready, and I I flew to Dayton, and um, Fahim could not make it, but I was there, and it's very exciting to meet the other writers and the other uh, people, the other uh, nominees. So it wasn't quite the Oscars. I wouldn't go that far, but it was a thrill at the banquet conference uh, highlight when they were doing the awards, you know, the the envelope, please, and the... uh, and the winner is, uh, you know, Fahim Speaks by uh, Fahim Fazli and Michael Moffat. So I get uh, the two gold medals. Eventually we get Fahim his gold medal out in uh, California. And that was a big help for us. Uh, very exciting and flattering to get the gold medal from the Military Writers Society of America for the top biography of 2012. So that was in September. And since then, as time allows, we've been pushing and talking and uh, promoting and raising awareness about our book and Fahim's uh, wonderful story. And the reviews from the people who've read it have been uh, wonderful. You can go to Amazon.com and read a bunch of them or FahimSpeaks.com. And uh, the reviews have been wonderful. And, of course, nowadays it's a very crowded, crowded marketplace in terms of uh, of books. There's never been so many uh, books published. So we're uh, still working to raise awareness. And I'm going to let you get into some of what Fahim's done. And there is an Oscar connection that I, I know you're going to get into. Uh, and that has helped us. I, I actually had three calls for interviews this week uh, since the Oscars, and I'll, I'll let you all develop that story. Okay, but before I do, let's talk a little bit about, give me a brief synopsis of the book, the story, and how that, how that kind of ties us back into where we are today. Okay, I can speak to that. Hopefully my cell phone is uh, working well enough from New Hampshire. You sound but, great. Uh, yes, I uh, retired from the Marines in 2011, but before I did, I had one-year orders as a lieutenant colonel infantry officer um, to go on a special assignment as a Marine Corps historian. In the civilian world, I, I am a college professor. And so I went to Marine Corps University in History Division in Quantico and get ready, and then I... Uh, Get to Afghanistan on my own uh, and kind of charted my own course around Helmand Province where the Marines were doing their operations. And that was very exciting for me as a history guy and an infantry officer and a Marine who wanted to be where the action was. And eventually I made my way to Delaram in northern 
Inland Province, where some of the provinces converged um, uh, in the northern part of the marine area of operations. And I was in a, a little event with the district governor in Delaram, and I met uh, Fahim. And, uh, in fact, somebody pointed him out to me and said, uh, that bearded guy, that interpreter, is a uh, Hollywood actor. Which got my attention. I'm thinking, a Hollywood actor, what's uh, a Hollywood actor doing in dangerous Delaram, Afghanistan, and come to find out, you know, he was a was from Afghanistan, made his way to America, became a Screen Actors Guild member, and, and, and did a lot in Hollywood, which is all in the book. Anyway, I met him in the, in the Helmand uh, Province in Delaram, and we exchanged business cards. I was interviewing Marines for uh, History Division and getting their stories to, to write the history of uh, the operations there. and talked to Fahim as well, and I said, well, stay in touch if you want, because he had said he wanted to do a book in uh, when I met him in Afghanistan, and I'm a bit of a writer, and uh, so we did stay in touch. We both made our way back to America eventually, and and uh, in 20, 20, the end of 2010, we, we met again and, and outlined a book project. Of course, we needed to find a publisher, and that's uh, problematical, as so many people have books they want to do, and and uh, nobody to publish him. But I had met a guy named Dale Dye, speaking of Hollywood, who, uh, in speaking of the Oscars in 1986, he had uh, gotten to know Oliver Stone and had uh, actually kind of talked his way into being on the uh, set and eventually in the cast of Platoon, which won the Best Picture Oscar in 1986. And so Dale's, he was a Marine, Vietnam Marine, so his, uh, his post uh, Oscar platoon experience took off, and he's been a, a fixture in Hollywood and the military side ever since. And he and his wife, Dr. Julia Dye, Julia Dye, have uh, a, an organization called Warriors Publishing Group. So I had met Dale at a combat correspondence event in Nevada, and we stayed in touch. And at some point at the end of 2010, I thought, I, I realized Dale wrote books and had his publishing company, so I kind of pitched. Fahim's story to Dale and Julia, and at first they were kind of thinking, okay, this guy is, uh, you know, an interpreter, and he had some small roles in Hollywood, so what? So the, the, I had to kind of pitch the story, his journey to them, and the more they found out about what Fahim had done in escaping from Afghanistan and becoming a Hollywood actor and going back to Afghanistan with the Marines as an interpreter and being so effective in Afghanistan that the Taliban actually put a price on his head, and it's all in the book. Uh, amazing journey and a wonderful, inspiring story of patriotism, perseverance. So anyway, Dale and Julia agreed to publish our book, and we spent a year uh, working hard on it uh, to, to do it well and to do it right, and uh, we finally uh, finished it uh, just just about a year ago. And that's Fahim Speaks, a warrior actor's journey or odyssey from Afghanistan to Hollywood and back with the Marines. And uh, anyway, I'll, I'll try to wrap that up. I know Fahim has a lot to add, but it's a love story, a Hollywood story, a war story, an adventure story, story of inspiration. It's all true. And, and, and Kimberly, you know Fahim. He's, he's a good guy, a great American, great Afghan-American. And uh, we're very proud of the story, and, and we're going to keep pushing it. And eventually, we'll... Uh, get noticed more and more, and, and uh, 
I think it's going to lead to some uh, exciting things. Maybe even a movie about Fahim. You know, one of the things that's so captivating about you, Fahim, I get to have you in the studio now, so I can stare you face to face when I say this. Thank you. But your passion for your own patriotism and how hard won your patriotism was is what's so engaging about you and your story. You are a true American patriot, and that is so that is so warming and so engaging. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, when I first came in this country, uh, when the Russian invaded Afghanistan in 1979, my mom left early because she couldn't take me and my younger brother with her. Uh, she took my two young, uh, two brother, two sister, and um, a brother. They escaped. The reason they she did this because they want to make sure the KGB, the Russian communists, won't uh, get suspicious where we're going. And she left Afghanistan to come Pakistan, Pakistan to India, and she ended up to the United States. And my dad's promised her she will leave. He will leave in a month, two months later, but he couldn't get a chance to leave Afghanistan took us five years to leave, took us to escape Afghanistan. And finally, we made a, my dad made a decision, no way we, uh, we cannot survive this country because the Russians keep an eye on us because they already know my mom is in America. They used to call us as CIA kids. They used to call us uh, son of Reagan. And that was kind of hurting us in the school. I was escaping school, couldn't, I, I lost interest in school. And I was kind of pushing my dad to that. We have to leave Afghanistan. Now, your mom felt compelled to leave because of her involvement in, with the government. With the government, so she really had to go. She had to go. The reason because she was a midwife for the president, previous president of Afghanistan. If she couldn't escape this uh, night or two nights before a Russian arrives, probably killed the whole family. Oh my goodness! And and so. So in a in a strange way, you began a relationship with a country without even knowing the country. Right. You know, you maybe were uh, a little bit tugged at the heartstrings because your mom and your uh, younger siblings were there. And, and you wanted to be there, but you couldn't get there for five years. For five years. Finally, we ended up to Pakistan. And thanks to Ronald Reagan, uh, there was a contract he signed. Uh, they accepted a refugee from Afghanistan. And we went to the embassy. Uh, there was the first Marine I saw in Afghanistan, nice, good-looking, tall, six, two feet Marine guy. And I was always, I was in my mind to be a warrior because my great-grandfather, my grandfather, they're all both sides, they're military, they're a colonel. And I always want to be an actor and a military person. Right. Then uh, we went to file all those papers, took us two years in Pakistan, ended up in the United States, see my mom after six years. And uh, I came in this country, United States, and I said, what a beautiful country. That's the only country I can follow my dream. I make sure it's my dream. I follow my dream. Then moved to California. Uh, my dream always want to become an actor. And as a lot of my buddies, my friends, family made a laugh, make fun of me. He says, your English is not that good. You're not educated. You're not going to make it in Hollywood. But everybody in your family was educated. There are. So, uh, I mean, you had doctors and lawyers and clinical. Right. And, I mean, that was a big deal. So being an actor for you really was a, even a departure from your own family's <laughs> plan for you, right? Uh, acting, singing in Afghanistan is a very low-life job. Uh. 
I think it probably was here way back when too, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was a I year, mean, the perception hundred of years ago or something. Creative people hasn't always been as high as it should be. Well, it still is unless you make a lot of money at it. Probably, yeah, yeah. that's true. I'm going to pause for a second. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to uh, Kimberly Martin's Real People of Orange County, and I'm your host, Kimberly Martin, with Heather McCoy. And Heather and I have Lieutenant Michael, Lieutenant Colonel Michael Moffat, on the air with us from New Hampshire, where it's uh, covered in snow and Fahim Fazli in the studio with us and we're talking about Fahim's connection to the Oscars and um, so finish with your story if you would Fahim. Sure and I came into this country you ask me why I'm paying my dues and for this beautiful country and I'm already accomplished about my acting and uh, I'm always fight back I want to always looking for new career not new dreams and uh, one day uh, after 9-11, I made a decision to I want to go help uh, this beautiful country as a culture technical advisor and translator. As a, uh, How I started, I was working on Charlie Wilson War, the movie uh, with Tom Hanks, Julia Roberts, Philip Holmes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Charlie Wilson himself asked me, Fahim, you did a, such a good job in Morocco for all these extras in the movie, for almost 700 extras. Did you have to corral them all? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you'd have no problem with that. Oh, no, I don't. But it was the lack of language. They speak Arabic and we speak Dari and Pashto. And I'll have to educate them, teach them every extra one with three words. And Charlie Wilson himself would say, why don't you go help the Marines or our Army or uh, our military? And I say, I didn't say anything. I came home and I tell my wife, I say, I'm going to go pay my dues because this beautiful country gave me a citizenship. This country saved me from the communists. And thanks again to Ronald Reagan, except us, brought us in this beautiful country as a refugee asylum. And uh, I was always uh, looking around. Of course, we all come in from different country, different background. Uh, uh, some of us, they're not appreciate this country as much as uh, some of us do, some of them don't. And I just want to appreciate this country. I want to pay my dues. <coughs> and that's how I started going to Afghanistan, meet uh, Michael Moffat. And uh, I got lucky meet him to finish this book. And I got lucky... Uh, because of him, I am here, and the book got nominated. Book, the book got gold medal. Because without him, I'll probably not reach my second dream, which is write a book. Well, and and that's what good partnerships are all about. You've certainly been lucky to have several of those. I I got excited to have you today because of all of your well, you've you've made several major films in Hollywood, and you have a, kind of been dubbed a bit the token terrorist (laughs) at least this is how i this is how i describe you when i'm telling your story yeah you've been typecast uh to my friends there's a picture of you in your book fahim speaks where you're in the military garb but you have the long hair and the long beard so that you blend in with the traditional people that you were um, attempting to serve over there um and and translate right and so you are you are scary looking sometimes uh, the re- <laughs> I mean, Fahim is the most delightful, lighthearted person you could ever want to meet. But he, every now and then, he turns he uh, got, and he gives me that look, and I'm like, "Woo, <laughs> it works!" Oh, uh, the reason I grow my beard and long hair in Afghanistan with U.S. Marine uniform, uh, I was asking my captain, uh, Captain Benson, uh, allow me to blend in and allow me to 
grow my own beer, which is Afghan culture, having beers, they trust you. Right. They trust you. They think that you are part of them. And we went to village to village and talked to them, bring Marines and civilians together. God thanks in my time, no Marine died, no uh, civilian died. And I did use my uh, acting skill to go over there village to village to bring the uh, civilian towards us, not against us. And uh, we were so successful, not because of my beer and my uh, my long hair. And the Marines, before we go there, I was I trained with them on Mojave Desert, 29 Palm. And I was make sure they understand uh, our culture. I was giving them classes, teach them languages. And each Marine was learned uh, one or three words where we were going to bazaar in the streets. They were say, Salam Alaikum, Kifa, like all these little things. And, Can you tell uh, us what all that Salam Alaikum means peace be with you. And the uh, civilians that were kind of freak out how the Marine American know how to say Salam Alaikum or Estelamase, Jor, Pakhir, that means hi, how are you, how was everything. And it was so funny. And two people coming towards us, not against us. Before right. the team, before us, they th- uh, the civilian used to throw rocks on them oh. and throw rocks on them. There was a lot of ID before us. And uh, while my team, three, four in Marine India Company, arrived there, the first thing I did, I told Captain Benson and uh, Michael Moffat, uh, we should go to Bazaar. We should go talk to people. We should introduce. And my tribe is coming from the Barikzai tribe, which has come from Kandahar and Elman province, where the Pashtun tribe. Right. And I introduced my background. I introduced my grandfather. And even uh, Captain Benson was kind of freaked out. I said, how did they know you? I said, sir, that's part of the, our culture. If they know your great-grandfather, they will have a respect for you. Ah, uh, Well, and then you warmed them. I warmed you them up. You warmed them up, which is so much fun about your story. So, okay, so let's take it to current time. You've had the opportunity to be in several blockbuster films, but most recently uh, you were in Argo, and I want to talk about that. Argo uh, just recently won Best Picture in Hollywood. It's based on real events. It's a dramatic filler about a covert operation to rescue six Americans during the Iran hostage crisis. Uh, This is all happening in 1979, right around the time that you and your family were, your mom was attempting to escape and it was successful, and you were attempting to follow. So isn't it interesting now 30 some odd years later that you play play a part in in really reliving and processing these events um tell us a little bit about your, your first role. of all i want to uh, i'm honored to be part of that movie with ben affleck and he was a great director great producer with george Clooney as well and i worked with him for for three, four days, and I was so happy to be part of that movie in history, which was 1979, the Russian invade Afghanistan, 1979, the Khomeini came to Iran, and they changed the whole revolution, they came over there, they kicked their Shah out of, of uh, Iran, and there was a chaos, this two country, uh, American got hostages, and six American got lucky, ran away from the underneath of the embassy, ended up the street, and, and go to Canadian embassy. So when the people invaded the embassy, there were six that were able to get out. They weren't held as captives like the other ones were. Right. So what we know of as the Iran hostage crisis, those hostages were, were then held for quite some time, but these were people that didn't didn't get held. So they were kind of floating out there waiting for a safe passage home, but there really wasn't one, you know, that was could easily be had. Uh, but 
uh, what the way they didn't, no one can tell where the, the if there was six American was missing or not. Even the Iranian government didn't know. Even the American didn't know. And they didn't re- release the info until the Clinton time. Huh. We, even American didn't know until Clinton time after 25 years or something. Fascinating. <laughs> they hiding, but they hide it very well. And one of the CIA agents, which has been Affleck play, yes. he went to Afghan, he went to Turkey, Turkey, and walked through to Iran, and they made a fake passport, fake uh, camera crew, uh, fake uh, movie productions, and they went over there to give them fake names, fake passport, fake everything. They went to the bazaar in Iran to try to be shooting a movie. And somehow uh, one of the Iranian mate was inside the embassy, Canadian embassy, oh. leak information, oh. which is that girl. Yes. And uh, I was one of the hostage takers. I was looking for them. I was going to house to house with my buddy Ali. Uh, we were looking for him. We couldn't find him. Uh, we arrived at uh, Canadian embassies. They already took off. They've gone in a car tour. They went to, towards the airport. And my character was there breaking doors, go door to door to look for them. And I came in back. In the Canadian embassy. In the Canadian embassy. So the embassy. Canadian embassy provided uh, safe harbor for these safe six harbor. Americans. But before they go to a Canadian embassy, they went to British, German, France. They ignored them. They, t- they were turned they, away. They turned away. Which is the British? We call it their buddy, buddy. That time during Clinton, uh, during uh, Carter time, yes, they weren't as, as good as friends. We took, we think they were, mm. <laughs> and they ticked, uh They said we don't accept it. That's a very, very, uh, very dangerous subject. Dif- different uh, a moment. We cannot. T- the Canadian. We should give uh, the Canadian ambassador a lot of credit to how they accept all these hostages and right. their houses. It is it is it is interesting to look back at it now because there were so many people and countries involved and to be turned away at a time like that by somebody we thought was friend is pretty significant. Uh yeah, friends of friends. Some friends turn your back, turn their backs on friends to so hold your hands and grab you like Michael Moffat did with my book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Edie, uh-uh. hold it. Took good care of you. <laughs> yeah, you took care of me. And now look at the books already. And uh, by the way, Michael Moffat and uh, Dr. Beth working right now on uh, making a script right now. They're working. If you can ask him, he will give you a little more explain. explain oh, yeah. It. I can't wait to hear about that. <laughs> I just called Beth the other day or emailed her to get back in touch. She was out of town. So you guys were working on a script, Michael? Well, not a script, uh, Kimberly, but uh, there's a format for what they call a a treatment or just a basic uh, four-page outline of of a story and and how it might take shape. And if it strikes a chord to the right people and and they want to see a script flow from that, then that's kind of how things work. So uh, we believe in the story, and uh, we are... We've had several versions and iterations and and, uh, attempts to put together this treatment, and we've got another version that we'll have ready for Fahim to check out very soon. And uh, eventually we'll uh, get with some of the folks that he knows and that that we know to just kind of get some players, hopefully, to, to look at it and see if they're interested in taking it to the next step. It's one of probably about a million uh, ideas that are floating around out there. But this one is this is a, a special story, and it's a fresh idea for for Hollywood. And so it's this is an early step. But yeah, we've got uh, some connections and some people who know uh, Fahim. Of course, Fahim is of Hollywood, which certainly helps. 
And uh, also, you notice Argo did win the, the Best Picture Oscar. And so that says a little bit about Hollywood kind of being interested in its own. And, and you know, Hollywood has had people like Audie Murphy who have come from the military and, and have gone on to uh, become actors. Dale Dye is another example. But so he was a guy actor. who was... Uh, who was an actor, and then, and then put a uniform on and went into harm's way with the Marines. It's a, it's just a really interesting story, and I think it's it's uh, it's fresh and novel, and, and someday hopefully it'll uh, it'll move forward. Right. Okay. So Fahim, tell me about how many times you've played a terrorist, and in give us some examples of some of the movies you've done. If you rephrase your question, ask me how many times you didn't. <laughs> How many times you didn't play a terrorist? Maybe once. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> what did you play then? I was a father, Afghan father. There's a small uh, movie. Actually, I was an auctioneer with a union, a unit, ah. a TV show unit. I was an auctioneer. Oh, okay. I was selling horses. That was my clean the hack I ever done it. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, I want to hear about some of your roles because you're very <laughs> modest. You don't really talk about it all that much. Oh, I, uh, I, I know they have you on it. air. You can tell them. To, I'm going to make you tell them all to me. I just came back from China. Uh, I did a prologue for Iron Man 3. Prologue, I'm sure some of us don't know what prologue means. Prologue means uh, while I was in Iron Man 1, they bring my character back. What happened before Iron Man 1? And uh, I'm going to be in Iron Man 3 prologue, which is uh, hopefully we're going to see it in May. Third. Now, you went to China to film the prologue for Iron right. Man 3? Okay. Right. So did you travel with Robert Downey Jr.? Uh, no, that was a different scene. I did it with uh, Dr. Yesen, which is the guy who uh, got killed in Iron Man 1. Okay. The guy with the glasses is Sean Toop. That's did his you kill guy. him? Uh, no, actually, they killed me. Actually, now the Chinese involved, the Chinese main characters involved with this movie. Okay. And a bunch of, I'm not supposed to leak information. I'm not going to say won't let you. But why were you in China? <laughs> uh, because uh, Iron Man 3 right now, uh, mm. they're combined together character between American and Chinese and a couple of Chinese actors. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So, so some some other terrorist roles you've played. Oh, of course. Of course, I've always been, uh, I know I'm deep inside, I'm a good man, but uh, I play so good as, as, a, as, bad a, as a bad guy. <laughs> and 24, Kiefer Sullivan, I was choking him. He said, look at me, say, Fahim, Fahim, let me, let me go. This is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Were you about I, ready to take yeah, it a little too far? Or the movie Iron Gun, I was, uh, my name is, was Abdulaziz. I become a psychopath, even my wife and my child's kind of scare of me for a month and huh. I couldn't get out I mean, of you're, the, you're, my character. You mean your real wife yeah, and right. your real child. Right, right. So you got stuck in character. I, sometimes like uh, uh, Jack Nicholson, he was stuck for years, the movie Shine. Shining? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. The, so, well, God, I'm not surprised he got stuck <laughs> with that role. <laughs> that seems like that kind of might fit him. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's going to be good and tomorrow uh, I have a voiceover for your favorite show. Uh, it's called Zero News. Oh, no, Zero Hour. Uh, zero Hour. That's a new Damn, ABC I just got thriller. Yeah. And uh, I'm impressed that you are on, you know, I mean, that's pretty big stuff. I'm pretty good. Um, Argo, that was a big break for me. Argo, even I have a small part on Argo. But Charlie Wilson's War, you played it. Yeah. Did you play it? No, I didn't play I was a culture technical advisor. I was I coaching see. Tom Hanks, Jolie, Robert Philip Hoffman. I uh, put all okay. the gear together. 
that's pretty impressive. Right. And I'm, I'm happy. That's why I've been telling uh, every single American, appreciate where you guys were live. Look at me as a foreigner. I came in this country. I made it. I followed my dream. I accomplished a lot of things. <laughs> Not because I went to the war. I don't want you guys to go to the war. I mean, a war is good sometimes. The war is a bad for us. Sometimes you have to protect your country. But sometimes you have to pay your dues as much as you can. Pay different way. You don't have to do um, as much as knowledge you have. Just pay your dues. This is a beautiful country we live in. So lucky. And a lot of us don't like this country, or a lot of us get involved with politics, religion. My advice to them: focus who you are. Don't worry about right. Focus on things. developing yourself. Right. So. Okay, if you're just tuning in, this is Real People of Orange County, and I'm your host, Kimberly, hostess, no, I don't know if we do that here, hostess, Kimberly Martin, and I do it. my co-hostess is uh, Heather McCoy, and we are here talking to Lieutenant Colonel Michael Moffat and Fahim Fazli about um, the journey, well, it's been a year since I've been on the air, and a year since they launched the book, Fahim Speaks. If you're interested, you can go to their website, www.fahimspeaks.com. I'm going to spell that. It's F-A-H-I-M. Speaks, as in he keeps talking and never stops. Speaks. <laughs> no, not really. That's my job. He's very appropriate. If yes. I remember right, that comes from the the fact that you got your SAG card so you could actually talk on film. I, uh, Michael knows. God, you have an amazing memory. <laughs> wow. I, yeah. I, I'm impressed. Michael Moffat. Uh, Michael right? Moffat and I, we try to make this book. Uh, it's called Full Circle. Michael, if you explain a little bit how we jumped to Fahim Fazli. I mean, Fahim speaks. Well, how we changed our name? I know, yeah, I know, so but yeah, I want to explain a little. We're going to call it full circle. You know, Fahim from Afghanistan to America, back to Afghanistan. Actually, uh, to give credit where credit is due, uh, our editor uh, Julia Dye uh, saw that in one of the Hollywood chapter where Fahim finally got his SAG card, Screen Actors Guild card. Uh, so he could speak in movies. It, it harkened back to, uh, for Hollywood types, Greta Garbo, who was in all the silent films. And finally, she was going to be in her first talking film, and everybody was excited. You know, Garbo speaks. You know, what's she going to sound like? So it was a little bit the same for Fahim. But it, it was a great title because uh, Fahim speaks in, in the movie, but he's also a translator and uh, speaks many languages. He speaks Dairy and Pashto and Erdo and English and some Spanish and a little Russian and probably speaks Chinese now that he's been in China. Ni hao ma. So for him, he speaks uh, as a translator, <laughs> as a movie star, as a person. Uh, I thought it was, Fahim and I both agreed, it was a, a great title. And, and, and Julia Dai is uh, the one who suggested that. Okay, so we'll give Julia credit for that, but still interesting nonetheless. Okay, so can we talk a little bit about Oscar buzz? Can you share a little bit about that inside scoop? I was I was interested in some of the things you were telling me about. Did you get to walk the red carpet because you were in this film? I did, uh, but you have to know the main five the five main character they walking in front of that red carpet in front of all those camera, which is where. Uh, we, um, the rest of us were very tiny. We walk. We don't have to do all the interviews. Okay. And our, you got the back, our, the, the, back. The, the express right. red carpet. Right. Route. And uh, our seat is not as good as uh, George Clooney and Ben Affleck. Uh-huh. Of course, they deserve that because they wanted to be in the front. Our seat was far away and a bunch of other us, uh, of us. And it still doesn't matter how far I'm sitting on the Kodak Theater, but it's still be honored to be part of this kind of movie. I mean, I'm sure 
uh, one day I will be on this seat in front and hold the Oscar. But it's still uh, Ben Affleck come over there to thanks us. Um, Did he uh, really? Yeah, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. He deserved to win uh, the best uh, director. But he, he wasn't even nominated, I understand. Yeah, we all was a little pissed off. We all were <laughs> upset. <laughs> we want him to win the best director because I worked with him for four or five days. I know what kind of guy he was. He was so good. He was, even as an actor, uh, I've been experienced for 15, 16 years. Still, we have false. He was correcting us, make, do this for him, do this for him. And by the British uh, recognize him as the best actor. They give him an Oscar in England. Oh, did they? Yeah, they gave him. But American didn't give him to him. So uh, he felt maybe a little snubbed. Uh, uh, it's a politics, a little politics involved. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to get too inside, deep inside. On, right. But I'm honored to be part of his movie. And hopefully in the future... Him and I always sitting the same seat. I'm, I'm not the same seat. They're next to each other. Maybe he'll direct your next <laughs> film. Right. Okay. Also, so hopefully you'll tell him, Fahim, that, that uh, your writing partner is also a New Englander, Boston Red Sox fan like, uh, like, like he uh, is. Ben is. And, oh, yeah. And, he uh, was born in... In fact, Fahim, you should be a Red Sox fan, too, if, if you're not already. That'll, that'll help your career. But, <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> I think he'd have a hard time passing as a Red Sox fan. <laughs> I'm a still I'm a still a stuck with soccer, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and rightly I, I, so. I, even I've been in this country 30 years. I'm trying to learn baseball and football, American football, not European football. Right. But it uh, takes time. But uh, because, you, because you love it, uh, you're my brother. You, we born this, by the way, Michael and uh, Michael Moffat and I, we born in the same month. Oh. Oh, I didn't know day. that. Yeah, That's we're nice. brothers. We're brothers. So what is it? Talk to me a little bit about the filming of a movie experience. Where did you film Argo, the scenes that you did in Argo? Uh, we shot it somewhere in uh, Beverly Hills, uh, one of those houses. And uh, there was a, the Canadian embassy that was in Beverly Hills. Okay. And um, the right and bunch of, uh, they shot it in Turkey. Uh, oh, some did? of the, yeah, they shot in Turkey. There's two places and Ontario Airport, which is the oh. airport was Ontario Airport. Very interesting. Yeah, they shot at three locations, which is amazing. The old and Ontario Airport, which is in uh, Riverside County. Yes, uh-huh. I, I think San Bernardino County. Yeah, it is San Bernardino. Right. County. Yeah. And they changed the sign. They put up Farsi languages. That was so, so real, and uh, they still kept the old airport. They look like Tehran. They look like Iran. And they, uh, the uh, they, terrain around yeah, in the everything, Riverside area. Everything. Yeah. That yeah. the Inland Empire does look like that. I was going to yeah. ask you what scene was that airport in, and the you answered that. Was, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Ontario Airport, but not the new one. It's the Ontario's, they have a two different That's airport right. right now. That's yeah. right. It was amazing how they put it in things together. People thought we are we're in Turkey, but we went to Turkey as well. With uh, they shot it in Turkey as well. So on the day to day stuff on the set, what what roles does he play that are that put the, his director hat on, and what roles does he play that put his producer hat on? Um, he's more nervous. Not nervous. He's more like focused when he's a director. He doesn't put a head on and there's a he's more focused on to deliver what's in the script when he's uh, that's all i saw him and more as the director uh, as a director i didn't see him as uh, acting 
because he won the award really as a producer with George Clooney, right? And You're right. Poor George didn't yeah. even get to speak at the acceptance speech. Well, I think he was was. I think he didn't. I, didn't I don't think he. Yeah, I think he just deferred. But so you didn't see him do both roles where he would step. No, I saw oh, him okay. only uh, direct him because he was my boss that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when he was doing his acting day, I wasn't. My scene wasn't connected with him. Yeah. My yeah. scene was separate from his scene. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah so you only filmed for three or four days. Four days I'm with him, and I'm uh, got lucky uh, be part of his movie, and I'm lucky to be part of this Oscar movie. And oh. my uh, my daughter Sophia is 11, 13 years old. So I've just came home. I tell her, sweetheart, uh, your daddy's won an Oscar. I say, where's the Oscar? Where's the Oscar? <laughs> <laughs> I don't say, where's the trophy? Whatever. That's a go. good question. Do you get an Oscar? No, we Did don't. Okay, so they the give Oscar us three goes. of us, three producers. That's all. They give it to. But Michael and I, we're gonna get an Oscar for our book. <laughs> <laughs> You're working on that. Okay. We were. I mean, I I believe in Michael. Look at how far we are in our book. Oh, and, uh, that's we impressive. got gold medal. I got, I forget to bring my gold medal. I'm sorry, I didn't bring my gold medal. Michael brought it to California for me, and I was. And I can't wait to put it in somewhere, um, frame it, and frame right. it with my book. Very nice. And the gold medal uh, military writers society is going to stay with me. And and I really believe that. I'm a I'm a dreamer. I'm, I always believe that. And this book is going to become a movie, and Michael and I we get the word. Very cool. Well, I can see that happening for sure. Um, I'm, you know, sorry, maybe superficial me. I kind of want to know a little bit more about the Oscar night. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell me? So you went through a back door. You sat on the second floor. What was it like being in the theater? This was your first time? On that theater, co- Kodak Theater, I've been three, for... four times. Oh, are you kidding of, yeah, me? Yeah. You're a like bunch a, of bunch of. This uh, is like not new thrilling. No, no, for that, you? but um, I, I, my dream to if they bring me from the balcony, the first Down floor. The first floor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when's gonna be, but uh, you never know. So you, you were know. there for Charlie Wilson's War. Uh, Charlie Wilson War. I went to a couple other ones. Which one was that? Yeah, come Charlie on, Mark. Which what one? one? Uh, kite runner, kite runner, kite runner. Were... Yeah, kite you didn't runner. mention that earlier. Were you in kite runner? Then? I'm in a kite runner as well. Were you a, a, were you a terrorist? No, actually, I was a good guy. Here we See, go. That's so we can count more, uh, more on, yeah, more fingers. But Kimberly, I love being terrorist in a movie. Why? Because come home, I became a nice guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> except when you get stuck in character. That's funny. I I do. I'm a funny guy. And do you ever I'm, get scared when you're like that? You I scare myself. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. I scare myself. I get a headache, and uh, I'm trying to get away from that character. But that character pay me, pay my rent. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you have to know that. And I'm sure uh, a lot of people say, "Why don't you shave, clean cut?" I'll do so. I said, if I clean cut, if I shave and clean cut, I'm not going to get a job. You look pretty clean cut right now. If you call this clean cut, you need help. Well, (laughs) I mean, I'm comparing you to... If he showed up that way at a grocery (laughs) store, he'd be written up. But come on. I live in Orange County. I live in Medina Point. People look at me. You have a nicely trimmed beard and a... a, But I'm happy about it. A nice short haircut. Short for you, because you always wear your hair long. Long. But do you know, Kimberly, when I shave yeah. when I go audition I don't have job that's probably true huh it's sad well but that's it's what you well for you it's great because you're 
you know, you're you're unique, and so you're getting those parts. But, but hopefully, so hopefully, this terrorist role will stay ten more years. So is that true that you really, when you've shaved, you don't get the job? I don't get jobs. So you're not at a stage in your career right now where you just get them because you've got all these credits to your name. Uh, I get I mean, it because of my knowledge. You have a very impressive resume. I'm, I have a forty. Four resi- uh, 44 credit on IMDb, which is good as for as an Afghan refugee coming to this country to right. make it uh, far. And I'm Oscar-nominated movie, uh, part of the being three or two movies Oscar-nominated, and Philip Hoffman, Seymour's part mm-hmm. of them, uh, oscar nominated. And bunch of Louie, one of my other TV show, got an Oscar nominated. What was that? Louie. What was that about? Louie was, I was one of the civilians holding a deck and uh, their American got lost, uh, American army got lost in Afghanistan. And that movie is a TV show. Is a Louie. Like Louis. the comedian Louie? No, comedian. Yeah, that's him. Oh. That's him. That's the, him. the rather rotund comedian? There we go. I that's see. Him. Okay. That's him. He went to Afghanistan. I was at it. But, but the, my belief, never give up. Make it happen. Right, right, right. And I'm that kind of guy. I never give up. So, Michael, is Fahim being modest? Is he telling us about uh, enough about his skills? Well, I don't think he told you that he played Saddam Hussein on uh, Spike TV. There's a picture of him in the book as Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein was a dictator, though. I don't know if he was a terrorist. So he plays both terrorists and dictators. Ah. Uh, think about it. Yeah, you didn't mention your role as Saddam. Why, I want to say I'm very that humble about my terrorist act. I could swear I saw that the other day. What show was as, that? Uh, Saddam vs. Paul Paul. The oh, dictator, maybe not. Deadliest Warriors, Pol Pot versus Saddam Hussein. And, and I killed and, him. Uh, oh, well, of course you would. So it was like MTV's Celebrity Deathmatch then? But <laughs> no, it was, it was called uh, Spike TV, Spike Deadliest yeah. Warrior. Yeah. Oh, okay. They're known for their more edgier programming. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and sometimes a bit kitschy. <laughs> it is. <laughs> for sure. But I, I think it's it's an attempt to appeal to a male audience. Oh, so yeah, Spike so, is totally yeah. a male audience. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm not totally because some of us have watched it, but, <laughs> but okay. So, well, so Hollywood, here you come. You're, you're on the way. Um, pretty, or well on your way. I'm pretty positive. Uh, and I want to give uh, my fan and my friends and family advice. Never give up. Make it happen. Always go for it. And are you, maybe sometimes, are you a little worried that the parts you're getting are too small, that you're not going to get the major roles that will get you those bigger awards? I'm not one of those greedy actors. Like last week, I was in China, bigger role. And um, tomorrow, I have a voiceover. Mm -hmm. Voiceover compared to this uh, big role I had in China. I take everything. Yeah. I'm not one of those cocky one, oh, I won an Oscar. I'm not going to work on anymore on student film. Right. I'll right. do it. Yeah. I'll do it. The reason I do it because that student film director, he need you one day you will be make it big. He'll be Ben Affleck. Yeah. You will, here we Steven go. Spielberg, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And you will remember that uh, what they d- did a big favor for him. Even I was I'm bigger than them. Right. In Hollywood, but uh, that happened that before. I did work out like ten years ago. Now that guy is a big director. I was going to ask you, like, how many times? How many on average? How many times a work do you, or how many times a week do you work? Since I you, work you... twice or three times a year. Oh, okay. Oh, that's it. That's it. That cover, that salary cover, uh, uh, that covered the whole thing. Sometimes wow. I work four times a year. 
So you only do four times a week. I mean, four, no, four times a year. Big movies. Oh, big, okay, big, big okay, mo- big yep. movies. Uh, small movies. I do four or three. A voiceover, technical advisor, uh, EDR. I do four. What's uh, EDR? EDR is almost like a voiceover. Okay. Uh, I do four a week. Oh, you do that many now? Right. For a week. Uh, but big movies, four or three a year. What kind of characters do you voice over? I did, uh, as a matter of fact, I just did a uh, Call of Duty, the cartoon, uh, video game. Oh, the video game. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I did a Call of Duty six, seven, eight, nine. They changed it in so many names, and I kids uh, from school from uh, my daughter's school hey i heard your voice in there so <laughs> give me an exa- can you give me an example of what you said on call of duty can we say that on the air uh I'm hey get out of here i'm a terrorist what did I'm you not, say i'm a taliban I'm did you, sp- the, so you oh speak yeah in Farsi? i speak it i speak so, i speak in dairy and pashto which is zersha, zersha, ah that was cool <laughs> Do you ever go back and play the game to see? I'll be honest with you, I never played this game. Right, I, I haven't it's either. It's so funny when I I never bring my job home. Yeah, except that one time you got stuck in character. Oh, yeah, well, that was sick. Where your wife and daughter were. Oh, that was sick. I almost my wife almost dumping. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to dump her because she. I don't want her to dump me because she's. I'm f- she's not far. Rock. I'm I'm uh, accomplished so many things because of her. Yes, she helped me a lot, and Sophie, my daughter, and Beautiful now family. I have a new brother, Michael Moffat. He he did help me a lot. Look, uh, he came from New Hampshire like four or five times. Spent his own money to come uh, edit my our book. Well, you guys, you guys have been quite a success, Michael. Any final thoughts you want to share with us? We've got about four minutes that we can chat some more. Um, well, I did. I had a lot of plane tickets out to California, but I, uh, I I love New Hampshire, but I love California, especially right now. The only problem watching the Oscars with, out here or back here in New Hampshire was it was almost midnight before they finally. Because I was hoping that Argo would win because that might get us on your show, which it did. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so I was waiting, waiting, and then uh, you know the envelope, please. And then and I, the finally, I finally Argo. called. I said, yes, that'll uh, that'll. Help us uh, with our our book and and uh, and uh, so anyway that was uh, exciting to stay up late for that, but I'll be back out there next month and uh, we're gonna uh, you know keep pushing and uh, there's all kinds there's no end to the things you can try to do to raise awareness or or get you know an interview or something in the paper and, and eventually uh, you know hopefully get like a big break with uh, let's see. Uh, well, I guess Oprah doesn't do her thing anymore, but that type I of thing know. someday. Uh, of course, you know, nothing, uh, KUCI is is wonderful, and uh, you know, we're just uh, trying to uh, do Michael, as much can I can I t- can I tell you something over the, uh, in live radio? Uh, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you. Uh. What have you done for me? And I will never forget that, sir. And when you, I mean, always, I will never turn my back to Marine and you. You follow, you reach my second dream, which is I want to write a book. And thank you from the bottom of my heart. I love you like a brother. You're the best, sir. You're the best. You know, Fahim's going to cry again, Michael. And I have a feeling that that's just going to be my claim to fame is making Fahim Fazli cry on air. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, it's been wonderful for me. It's been a thrill to just be able to create something with with Fahim and to team up and uh, to put something out there that, 
that has some lessons and, and, and people seem to really like reading. And uh, so it's just a thrill for me to have met Fahim and to team up and, and to do what we've done and to keep keep pushing. As and we want to thank uh, Dildai, yes. Julia, Dr. Julia, and Dr. Beth. They did a lot. I mean, oh, they the, were amazing. That was because of Michael brought them together and they helped me. And uh, be honest with you, I'm the luckiest man. You could have, you had a, quite the arsenal. You know, we've had a lot of fun as a result of you two launching this book and um, and have really enjoyed watching you achieve success with it. Fahim Speaks, you can find out more about it at www.fahimspeaks.com. And um, I'm just I'm just so thrilled to see that a year later now look at look at what we get to talk thank about you. it's pretty thank impressive. Thank you for inviting us. I have my own little Oscar connection in thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right, now, really, one other quick thing: when they go to commercial, do they entertain you? Oh my God, we were stuck on that big hall for five hours. What oh do you God. mean? You have to jump to oh. go, drink, you have to get a snack and come back, use it, and they put a pressure getting in your seat. You're not allowed to get out. Uh, to we do get allowed. This is called uh, when people get up, someone else comes in. So oh, uh, so did somebody sit in your seat? There's uh, space fillers or seat space fillers. Space fillers, yeah. seat fillers. Oh, okay. So did yeah, somebody th- fill your seat when no, you were No, I was just, oh, I don't want to lose it. That's my big Oscar. I, oh, I was oh you mean you there. wouldn't get it back when you came back to No, you to- get it back. Mm. You will get it. I'm talking about the front seats. Okay, so oh, okay. I, should, I should have devoted more time to this, you know, tisk tisk. After <laughs> parties, did you go to any? I went to the government ball, which was fun. Oh, my God, there was a chaos. So much food, so much. There's a lot of Did thing. you get any of the goodie bags? Goodie the, bag. Uh, well, tell me what's in the goodie bag. My gosh, I'm not going to tell me? you guys. We don't get to know, huh? Uh, it's it's a big that. Hollywood. It's a big Hollywood show, show. I've heard the <laughs> gift bag is about $56,000 this year. Oh, no, I didn't get that one. Oh, you didn't? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that one. If I was, I'd say, can I have the cash? Yeah, that's right. Can I have the cash equivalent? Now, did you get, when did Ben Affleck come up and thank you? Was it during uh, we the? Saw, no, we saw him outside of the, inside of uh, Governor East. Afterwards. Yeah, afterwards. So He's he a great shared. guy. Great guy. Awesome. Do you all decide that you're going to the same ball together? So that No, you... no. We're, after that, everybody gets separated and went uh-huh. to their own thing. And you um, just George got Clooney to went to somewhere else. Ben Affleck went somewhere else. Did George thank you? Actually, George and I, we never met, but okay. we were uh, same same movie. movie. Yeah, okay. Very Actually, good. I met him before. I met him in a different movie. I was one of this uh, screening. Right, but not in not association in with Argo. Not, uh, yeah. yeah. Very cool. All right, well, so we're wrapping it up here. This was fun. Our own little Oscar insider, uh, Fahim Fazli, and his co-author, Michael Moffat. We're here to talk about uh, the success of their book, Fahim Speaks, and a little bit of our own Oscar Inside story. So um, up next, Heather, we have got um, Counterspin. Yes. And then we're going to have Planetary Radio with uh-huh. Matt Kaplan, who takes takes us from here to there over the next hour. So we're yeah. happy to see Matt come into the studio. So uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.